Life was bitter to the core There was nothing to live for Until love came My name is Harold J. Perkins And at the age of 17 I was selling drugs And on my way to an early grave While sitting in my house with about 10 guys God gave me an out-of-body experience And I was lifted above the room I could see everything moving in slow motion After that I got up and put those guys out And I cried out to Jesus Christ He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. In this episode, I'm going to pick up where I left off on the last episode, talking about this conquering army of God that's about to show up on the earth. Some may say, come on, Harold, look at the church today. How can you say they will be a mighty army of God? Well, in order to understand this, you have to understand what has happened to cause the church of Jesus Christ to not walk in the power that's available to us. If you read the book of Acts, which is a book that talks about what Jesus' disciples did after Jesus died and went to heaven, you will read about the same type of miracles that happened with Jesus Christ. The sick were healed. The dead were raised. One man who was lame from his mother's womb and had never walked was instantly healed at the age of 40 years old. For 40 years, he had never walked. Everybody in the city knew him. And when he was healed, thousands of people came to believe in Jesus Christ. What happened to this power? Well, the power only moves through those that believe that they have the authority and power from Jesus. So the devil got involved with the leaders of the church and changed the teaching and preaching. The devil knew he had a big problem if he can't get the people of God to believe something different than what Jesus taught his disciples. In Luke chapter 10, verse 17, Jesus had 70 disciples that returned to him with joy, saying, Lord, even the devil and his demons are subject unto us through your name. But as time went on, after Jesus died and the disciples that walked with Jesus died, the preaching and teaching changed and believers were just happy to be going to heaven when they die instead of bringing heaven's power to the earth to impact the lives of people. But God is bringing us back, and it begins with the right teaching. In Revelations chapter 12, as I covered last time, we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives unto death. The blood of Jesus did more than what we have been told. The word of our testimony is more than what the church of Jesus Christ believes today. And loving not our lives unto death is more powerful than what most of the church believes today. On the last episode, I ended with the blood. We'll pick up there and then we'll go into what the word of our testimony is and maybe even get into loving not our lives unto death. Let's get started with 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 25. I read this last time. This is the Passover supper before Jesus went to the cross. Here's what it says. 
For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The blood of Jesus put in force the New Testament. The New Testament is actually the will and testament of Jesus Christ. It describes what Jesus did and what Jesus left for his followers. It's a testimony of his victory over Satan for us. Now, God gave me this revelation decades ago before I came around church people because he knew if he didn't show me this first, I would have grabbed what most church people believe about the word of our testimony. Most believers believe that they overcome Satan by their testimony, the testimony of what God has done in their lives. But this is not how we overcome Satan. We overcome Satan by the testimony of Jesus Christ, by the New Testament that tells of the victory that Jesus has won for us. His victory was our victory. Here lies why the power is not seen in the church. Most don't know their testimony, which, by the way, has been sworn in force by the blood of God. A testimony is not something that's going to happen. A testimony is something that has already happened. Most believers are looking for God to do something for them in the future, not realizing that he's already done everything for them to walk in victory already. He's already done it. You just have to believe it and enforce it with your words. Listen to your testimony. I'm in John chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. But as many as received him, that's received Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, which is saying that we were born of the blood of God, the flesh of God, and the will of God. Verse 14 confirms it. Listen to verse 14. And the word was made flesh. Now we know if you read John chapter one, verse one, it says in the beginning was a word and the word was God. So look at verse 14 now. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spoke. He that comes after me is before, before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness, Christ's fullness, have all we received, and grace for grace. Your testimony is, God gave you the power to become a manifested son of God by giving you the fullness of Christ. Is that not far greater a testimony? than what God has done in your life? Listen to Matthew 28, verse 16. Again, we're talking about your testimony. If you're in Christ, this is your testimony. I'm beginning at verse 16 in Matthew 28. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power, 
is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Notice that Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And what's the next thing? He said, go you therefore. In other words, he delegated the power to us. He delegated us the power. He was given the power. He got the victory for us. And then he delegates the power. Notice Jesus said, I'm with you until the end of the world, indicating that this power he gave was to continue until the end of the world, not just until the last disciple that walked with him died. Let's continue. Again, we're talking about if you're in Christ, this is your testimony. I'm at Mark 16, verses 14 through 20. Here's what it says. Afterwards, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them that had seen him after he was risen. In other words, Jesus was upset. The fact that they didn't believe and their hardness of heart. Verse 15. And he said unto them, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes, notice he said, notice this. He said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. He didn't say these signs are going to follow the apostles or the preachers or the pastors and teachers. He said, verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Now I want you to notice what he didn't say. And they sat in the church and waited for people to come. No. It says, then they went forth everywhere, preaching, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. You know, the things that are supposed to take place are not supposed to happen in the church. Miracles are supposed to happen outside. If you notice the uh, situation I told you about, about the man that hadn't walked for 40 years, you'll notice if when you go to Acts and read it, that he was not in the church. He was sitting out in front of the church. He got healed by them coming into the church before they went in. It's the Lord working with us. See, we speak the words. He supplies the power. So our testimony is we already have the power. We just have to believe it. Now, what else is our testimony? Listen to John chapter 16, verse 33. These things, this is Jesus talking before he went to the cross. These things have I spoken unto you that in, in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribul tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Did you hear that? He's telling you to be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. Why? Because that's your testimony. That is your, that is your testimony. That is my testimony. You see, everything that will challenge you in this life, your testimony is, that Jesus has already overcame it for you. 
You enforce it by believing it and speaking it with your mouth, confessing and declaring right in the face of everything that, that opposes you that I already have the victory by Jesus Christ. Let's continue. I'm in Hebrews chapter two, verses 14 and 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, you notice here that it, that Jesus has already defeated the devil. There's another place in scripture that says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the doctors of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's talking about demonic forces. Here we see that the devil has already been destroyed. And verse 15 said, and deliver them who to fear. See what the devil tries to do is to get you to look at something and to feel something and to tell you that your testimony is not true. And, and to try to get you to believe what you feel and what you see above what has been sworn in the blood of God. See, Jesus shed his blood to put in force everything that's in the New Testament. And Father God has sworn that he will perform it to those who will believe it. But in order for it to work, we got to believe it. And if we don't believe it, we won't see the power of it. You see, every morning, understanding this scripture, you and I wake up, if we're in Christ, we wake up with a defeated enemy that's already been destroyed by Jesus. Now, what is speaking to us through circumstances and situations or maybe things that we feel in our body that go contrary to what our testimony is, is a lie because Jesus has already defeated it on our behalf. And when we believe our testimony and we hold fast to it, watch the lying situations and circumstances pack up, pack their bags, and they're going to leave because Jesus Christ has already won the victory for us. Now let's continue. I'm in Galatians chapter three, verse 13 and 14. Listen to what it says. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, I want you to notice, it says Christ has already. He's not going to do this. He's been made a curse for us already. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come on us. It's already something that's already taking place. Now, listen to verse 16. Now, to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not and to seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. See, we've been placed in Christ. There's only one seed. That's Christ. And once we believe in Christ, we're placed within him and we are heirs to the promise. Listen to verse 29. And if you be in Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Did you hear that? See, we are eternally blessed. God will not and cannot put a curse on us because it has already been placed on Jesus Christ. This is our testimony. Now, what are we heirs to? Listen to Romans chapter four, verses 13 through 21. Now the promise 
that he should be heir of the world, was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. You hear what this is saying? Everything has already been given unto us by Jesus Christ, dying and rising again on our behalf, for us, in our place. And so it says that Abraham is heir of the world. It's already ours. It's not going to be. So when you pray and ask God for something, it's already yours. It's already, you just have to believe that you received it. Verse 14, for if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of not effect because the law works raft. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure or guaranteed to all the seed, not to those which are of the law, but to those which are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. These scriptures are going to tell us what Abraham's faith was like so that we could have the same kind of faith. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who makes alive the dead and he calls those things which be not as though they were. See, this is how God operates in faith and this is how we are to operate in faith. Notice he called Abraham a father of many nations, and Abraham hadn't even had a child yet with his wife. But God calls things that are not as though they were. That's how we're supposed to operate. It's totally opposite of the world. So when they hear us talk this way, they're going to think we're out of our mind. But this is the life of the kingdom. Listen to verse 18. Who against hope, Abraham, against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. So do you hear what that's saying? If your life looks hopeless right now, you can still win with Christ because Abraham against hope believed anyway that he could have this child and he did. That's the faith that we're supposed to have. When it looks hopeless, we still believe that our God can turn things around. That's what faith is all about. When everything looks crazy, when everything looks like it cannot happen, we continue to believe in our God and he turns it around. Look how he turns this thing around for Abraham. Verse 18, who against hope, believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, Abraham didn't consider his own body. Neither did he consider that he was 100 years old. Neither did he look at the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, that God was able to perform what he promised. You see, this power and testimony that we have in Christ Jesus is received by faith. And faith is believing you already have it before it shows up. If you're saying God is going to do something for you, you are denying that it's already done. In the mind of God, it's already done. You have to line your mind up with God's mind. And when you do, powerful things will show up in your life. You know, I told you about how I went to Mexico and on and one time and on the way, God has said to me that he had a job for me on that team. And after I hearing that from him, I went to them three different times and they told me, no, we're not giving the job to you. And some of the other players, the American players that were there, it was about three of them having lunch one day. And they said, why are you still here? And I said, I believe I have a job. Now, notice I didn't say I believe I will get a job. I said, I believe I have, I have a job. Okay. 
And they looked at me like I had lost my mind. And I had. You see, I had the mind of God who says it's already done. And by the way, I got the job and saw all three of those guys released and sent home. Why? Because I knew my testimony. You see, one other scripture I'm going to cover with you. First Peter chapter two, verse 24 says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now, did you notice it says by whose stripes you were healed? You see, healing is a part of what Jesus purchased for us. We already have it. We just have to put a demand on what the word of God says to see it happen in our, in our lives. I think I mentioned on one of the other episodes on another occasion, I went to Mexico and on this particular occasion, I, my leg was hurt shortly after I got there. And uh, I mean, I had some serious pain in my leg and I was about to tell them I could not play today. Now, I knew in Mexico, if you can't play, they send you home. So I need if I knew if I told them that they sending me home. So I prayed to God. I said, God, I need healing. I believe I have it. So since I believe I have it. So I limped up to home plate with pain in my I'm serious pain in my leg. I limped up to home plate, hit a ground ball and I had to run to try to beat this ground ball out. And on the way to first base, I didn't feel an ounce of pain. I was instantly healed. You see, this is our testimony. Faith in our testimony brings it into our life to enjoy. Now, I don't have time to get into loving not our life unto death, but I'll cover that in detail on the next episode. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans. And God will begin to show you his purpose for your life and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode.